0: Podcast. My name is Mike. Joining me this week, the Boston bad boy, Jason Rumble. We talk about his early career in semi-pro football, training with Walter K- Killer Kowalski, getting hooked up with Tony Rumble, and so much more all the way to what he's doing today in wrestling. So thank you very much for listening, and I hope you enjoy the show. A lot of re- I did some research. So I, got, uh... I like research. I'm a bit of a nerd that way. So hey no, anyway. okay. everybody got to be well prepared.
1: We exactly. all can not things off the shoot.
0: Yeah, well, it's it's just easier to got stuff in front of you. I mean oh, yeah, yeah, you got, yeah. It you sound like you've been wrestling for a couple of years, Oops. you know.
1: <laughs> almost more than half it's almost basically half my life.
0: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So I mean actually that's kind of where I want I want to start is all the way back uh before wrestling, you were, did some uh, New England-based pro football?
1: Yeah, five years of semi-pro football.
0: Yeah, semi-pro, time, that's what man. I was looking for. Yep, yeah, good New time. England, uh, New, New England, England Stars. Football League. Yep. Yeah. Um, um, did you play for the same team?
1: Yeah, Yeah, I played for the same team. Guy The owner's name is Joe Monica. He's still my friend to this day. I what was the I name of the good friends with him. He used to pick me up, take me out on his boat before the practices. I never had a drive, never paid for anything. And I got paid. What uh, what was the name of the team? New England Stars. At at first they were the South Shore Stars, then they became the New England Stars. And he was based yeah. uh originally out of Hingham, Mass, and then we yeah. moved into Medford, Massachusetts.
0: Okay. And you—it's just the New England league. So you played like uh, teams in Maine, New Hampshire, Connecticut, Rhode Island.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: I'm—I
1: don't quote me on this, but we won what they consider that version of the Super Bowl. I played maybe—I played one game that year. I was still on the roster. I've yet to collect my yeah. ring, but I was still on the roster. Oh. My second year in the league, I—I I did make the all e, all NEFL team. Yeah. Uh, I was uh I made special teams two different times I was asked to try out for like uh free agent based camps that were basically like NFL XFL at the time the original uh CFL yeah. the, there was three arena leagues at the time that was it was really weird uh but yeah. arena league was a boom in football Football twenty years ago, it's 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 really weird to say now that there is no arena league football. You know, it went out of business.
0: Well, we actually had a uh, arena league in Maine last year. They went yep. one season in Mammoths, and allegedly they're going to be back. But um, with everything going on, who knows? Yeah, yeah. I love I love any
1: form of uh, football. <laughs> oh, same
0: here. But uh, Manchester, New Hampshire had an AFL two league. Yeah. At the Verizon Wireless Arena. And I think that was the closest that we had for an AFL uh, up here. uh, For AFL 2, that is. Um, Yeah. So you went from – oh, anyone you ever played with football, make it to the NFL?
1: Uh, You know, I really don't know, but I did play against a team that was owned by Steve Grogan and a couple of former New England Patriots. Oh, uh, I played cool. against a lot of ex-college players and maybe ex-NFL guys that like were practice league players and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, I did play against the Lynn Havoc, who did have a number one overall draft choice in the yeah. NFL draft to the Arizona. What was then, I believe, the Phoenix Cardinals, when they originally were uh, uh, Swan, I believe his last name was. I'm... Uh, uh, I, I, I might be mistaken, but I know it was a defensive guy taken from uh, the Lynn Havoc, took an, in the first round of the uh, NFL draft of the Phoenix Cardinals. That's cool. Yep.
0: So, so I, I know that uh, maybe
1: not while I played, but there was that was the big that was the big big game, uh, and that happened to be when my dad was alive. That was the first game. That was the only game my dad went to go see me play, and he was
0: like, <laughs> "I can't believe these Giants." <laughs> and
1: dude, in havoc, they was like they really were they were getting groomed for like college play. It was that that type of team yeah. then they were re- then they yeah, they were getting technical twenty years ago, they were like way ahead of their time, like the guy oh, who owned my team, to be quite yeah. honest with you he had money was from the Cape, it was him and two him and uh two of his Italian friends. Uh yeah. we used to play flag football we used to we had a flag football that was competitive at the end yeah. of each year just so we could stay you know stay good uh you know so but i mean anyways his team Compared to everyone else. We got the luck of the draw the year we went to the Super Bowl, man. They heard how (laughs) cool my owner was. Joe was, he spared no expense. He wanted a good time and he wanted to win. He wanted the bragging right because for like the first two, three years, we were the laughing stock of the league. So he was like, you know what? I got money. I'm going to buy some of these guys. And after a while, you know, through the, it's, it's so pop-based that, and the, the other players get to see the guy and, and everybody, and Joe played. Wasn't the greatest player in the world, but Joe played. You know what I mean? Right. Joe played. Uh... And uh, he was he was just out there, and he helped develop the league. That's another thing that people notice about him. He was out there getting different referees, getting sponsorship for the league so it would survive. Uh, park, uh, rec- uh, you know, more recreation funds for each park to, so that the fields were kept proper, uh, things of that nature. So Joe was like a <laughs> like a founding father, so to speak, and and was a guy that was, you know. And that word traveled. It got well respected in that one year that we got to play, man. We got some good ringers that were with other teams, and they came to us. And, uh, yeah, it was a a good year. I heard a lot about it. You know, I played one. As wrestling went on, wrestling became more important. You know what I mean? Obviously, the first two years... I was playing football, and it was the first couple of years or indie wrestling. So the money wise really didn't subsidize anything, and I was getting free things that wrestling couldn't pay for, like training at, Boy- at Boyle's Training Academy, where all the right. best pros trained. You know, so that right there was thousands of dollars of like a year just to train there. So I was training for my goal to. to even if it was a practice squad, just to say I was an NFL football player and to say that I didn't play all four years of high school, only my first two years of high school and not even college for me to have had that type of bragging right, like against like people who thought I was dead and buried in high school would have been like yeah. that's other things that just motivated me to do that. So, you know,
0: no, that would have been huge, actually. I mean, I mean yeah. yeah, if you think about it, like think about it this way. There's 32 teams. Yep. So, they have 32 starting quarterbacks and how many hundreds of college teams are there and they all have a quarterback. So, I mean, getting to the NFL rather and any roster whatsoever is a very limited opportunity for anybody. So that is huge bragging rights.
1: Practice squad make good money, man. You get to say yeah. you go to play football and wake up every morning and and even if it's a fifteen hundred dollar check a week you make, those guys get free meals, free gym. And football nowadays is a year round sport. So even when you sign as a uh, a practice squad player, you'll get a you'll get a practice squad deal for two, three years. Yeah. So you're getting paid, you know what I mean? And you're getting paid to do something you
0: love. Uh so uh yeah, yeah that's, that's the that's, that's the what I aim for. There. You know. Uh well I mean, obviously, you know, the, the New England football league's still around, so they were doing yeah. something right that that the league's still going. I mean most yep. even semi pro leagues don't last twenty plus years, you know. So I know that you're real close with Tony Rumble. I will get to that in a little bit, but you yeah. actually started with uh Killer Kowalski, you went to Walter School.
1: Yeah. Yep. Nineteen ninety so, no, seven.
0: Do you remember who was 96, in six uh, ninety seven? Class, I know '97 was
1: my debut. debut. Uh, maybe yeah. it was '96. We started school. Uh, my class. Yep. What was the question? Now,
0: who 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 else was there when you were there? I mean, that time frame.
1: It's so like some of the best real work is that kids just people can't understand you. It like there was like Steve King was around WWE oh, job like like yeah. you yeah, watched- yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, if if you Google his name you can see he's like okay. top five in WWE history for jobbers. Him and Tim McNeely. Oh. You he know what him. I mean? Uh yep. Both guys on the New England indie scene were top guys at the promotions they went to. I got an honor and privilege to work a really long pro- different programs with Steve King. I got to learn a lot from uh, both him and McNini. I never got to really work Tim. Tim, when I was there, Tim was working like, like the big guys. Tim was working all the WWE guys that were, you know, Jeff Jarrett and uh, things of that nature. And he was working with... uh with Prince Albert, AKA Baldo in our area. And now the head trainer at, uh, WWE performance center, Matt Bloom. Uh,
0: what was, uh, was Bo in that class with you at Walters as well? Yeah, it was
1: me, it was me, Bo and Wagner started together. Uh, yeah. I mean, Louis Ortiz had already been there for about a year. Yeah. Damon, Doc Angelo had already been there for a year. Uh, Jay Vicalo came in probably a year after me. Lewis and Wagner. He went up to Maine and worked yeah. a little while. Uh, yeah. Then there was a couple other Walter guys that were scragglers. You know, I was I was really a lucky dude, man. I walked my way into a Tony Atlas booking uh, from Walter pulled me in Richard Burns's office, uh, and he was like, "I got the booking for you. Uh, you'll go to Jay Maine at the Jay High School." in pony oh. oculus and that was my that was my first ever real singles match it was my yeah. second match in all okay was that, uh, my, that first was t- my first like, match was my first match was a tag team match it was first slated to be with this dude phil uh phil called out sick and it was yeah. me and wagner versus uh damon and steve and it was in some part of Massachusetts. But anyways, to get back to the EWA sh- uh, show, yeah. I was working Bert Santano in uh, Jay, in Jay, Maine. So yep. it was like, it became a, like, I'm not going to say I'm an, I was a natural because then people t- already think I got to, you know... <sighs> think I think the most of myself, but then again, i have always reiterate if you don't think the best of yourself you shouldn't be in any part of the game, so huh. he, I, you know, and I feel that I've always backed my comments as being a great performer and or entertainer and uh, pro wrestler so, uh it, it just all goes back. I've always had a photographic memory uh, it was that way with football, with baseball, whatever I was able to see on a screen, I was able to replicate and duplicate in those areas. My wrestling education started well before Walter killer Kowalski's, I believe I was addicted to the stuff. I stayed in the house like no other kid. I went to every WWF wrestling show at the Boston garden starting uh right around when the uh, Bob Backlund probably was the champ for two years. Okay. It was strong. I can rem- I was going before Billy Graham cracked the belt on Saturday morning wrestling and made Bob Backlund yeah. cry and get the brand new green belt with the gold and all the plaques on it. I remember the belt before that. That's how long See, Bob, I remember Bob Backlund going yeah. back. I remember all the sports tag teams when they give the chin hold and they give the double guts and they do duck, yeah. duck, kitchen sink, boom, back into a wrestle. Like it's just things that have always stuck in my mind that I felt. And as a kid before backyard wrestling was invented, I was already doing that. I was doing that with my pillow. I was already pretending that I was in the middle of the ring at the Boston Garden when I was seven, eight years old. Uh, so I've always, I say this, I learned how to bump. I learned how to kill. I learned how to hit the ropes. Then I listened to everybody else and the selling and whatnot. Once I was putting that ring and the crowd and people telling me what to feel and Feeling more secure, the more I was able not to have to talk about my wrestling matches, and to say that I had that comfortability in my second match, I had that comfortability at Walter Kowalski's People don't understand how very well prepared we were to go out there for our four-hour matches. We weren't just there for two, three weeks. We weren't there there for six months, and you debuted. You were there a year or two. You were there for four-hour classes. And if you was late, you heard about it. You went Tuesday, Thursday, you went Saturday, and Sunday. If and if you missed the class, Walton made you have an excuse for it. So and you did so many one-on-one matches at the end of sh- at the end of school. If there was forty-five minutes left on a class, we would pot sides and we'd do elimination matches that would go for a, an hour. Uh, Walter would make you stand around the ring, grab another guy and grab another guy. You two get in the ring. Seven minutes, boom, and you had to go the seven minutes, and you had no time to in the locker room go. Okay, man, we're gonna lock lock up, and then you're gonna twist my arm, and then you're gonna bring your arm like. And I see that on like I see that a lot on the indies. Like guys have to call what what I, we call working spots. You shouldn't have to call a working spot. Like call a flip. Like, something like that that I'm not going to see out of the yeah. ordinary. So I don't kill you or kill myself. Like, you right. don't need to tell me that you're going to go for a headlock, then you're going to work the headlock, and then you're going to, from the headlock, you want me to try to fight it and then fight it back down. I know how, if I'm a real trained professional wrestler or a real trained athlete, I know how to do that stuff. But to get back to the second match, Bert Santano knew I came from Walters, where he was trained by. And yeah. all those Walter guys know it don't matter if you... 10 years behind them, 5 years behind them. They don't even need to train with you. As soon as they lock up, brain goes to brain, and it just all feeds and mixes like a great mixture. And we flowed, man. We flowed. Uh, I I, I wish I had. I might be able to someday locate the footage. Uh, Bo Douglas has kidnapped my whole personal uh, tape library on VHS. Uh, He's kidnapped it. Uh, God knows where it is. But I believe he may have that match. And Bert sets me on the table. And Bert runs, jumps over the top rope, and does a somersault and puts me through the table. Throws me back in the ring. We have the mat. We have the finish. Bing, bang, boom. We go to the back locker room. Tony Atlas is, and i oh, my God, boys. That's, I couldn't no <laughs> believe that. Bo, 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 bo. <coughs> yeah, yeah. Bert Jason's from uh from Walter School, yeah, and he's like, I know Tony, if you told me because Bert had like a lisp, and yeah. uh, I know it's good. What, what's that? How, how long you been working like two years? And I looked at them both and I go, ah. That's my second match. It's my first singles. Now, they both of them froze. I thought they were going to congratulate me. They both grabbed me by the skin, like, and they put me up against a wall. They were like, kid, I, don't you ever let some guy do that? And Bert was saying the same thing. I can't believe you let me do that to you. It's only your second match. You crazy, you nuts. And I just, when they put me back down, I go, I was trained that, I'm supposed to do what I'm told while I'm out in the ring, and if I felt uncomfortable with what you were doing, I would have let you know. And I wasn't afraid when you put me on that table. I I felt well protected. I I just had faith that you were going to protect me and things were going to go right. And I was just trained to do that. After I said that to them, they're like, "Wow!" And I mind you, and Tony Atlas will say this to the day to everybody. And I tell people this, boy. Are there any more like you where you come from? And I go, there's plenty more like me where I come from. They may not look like me or talk like me, but they're trained like me. He goes, well, boy, it's your second match, and guess what? I go, what? He goes, you are now my assistant booker a EWA. You're Tony Alex's <laughs> assistant booker. And I go, you're kidding me. He goes, you tell them, everybody, boy, you tell them Jason Rage is the assessor booker of EWA. And I go, no problem. And he gave me all the dates. And from there on in, I became, to this day, I'm one of Tony's best buddies. Wherever he sees me, he parts ways. And people say, when you have friends like that, don't you think they put it? you realistically to be in the WWE? And Tony understands. I'm not the type of guy that, like, at my age, that's going to take, you know, realistically, going to developmental, beginning over. Tony Atlas will say this to anybody. Jason Rumble, if he signed with WWE, deserves to be on the main roster and can work with any one of those guys. There ain't a reason why I couldn't, you know?
0: I want to go back real quick. Because yeah. you said... you. You went to all the shows at the Boston Garden, or you tried to hit every show at the Boston Garden. Everything. Yep. I've been actually watching a lot of the the matches uh, on the network uh, from '84 '85 recently, just because I kind of that's where I'm at right now. Uh, well, the one uh, the one that comes to mind the most was Hulk Hogan against Kamala for the title. Hogan was the champ in the main, and it was a main, and they were in the main event. I remember Hogan that was- got. Pretty severe color. Were you there for the Bruno San Martino Roddy Piper cage match? Hell yeah,
1: that bro, when they announced that match that night, like the previous night, because back in the day, the ring announcer would go, and the tickets will go on sale. And the main event in a steel cage match will be Roddy Roddy Piper against the living le- as soon as that fucking roof came <laughs> off the goddamn fucking garden, Bruno Martino! Tickets will be on sale Monday at the Boston Garden ticket office, bro. bro yes. This is a true story. My great grandmother had a picture of the apostles, Jesus, and Bruno Sammartino. That is no fucking lie. Okay, I
0: believe you, buddy. I, b-
1: I believe came you. off the place. That was the first time in my life I got to say I seen Bruno live. He was retar- legit. By the time I went, oh, he he started started by the just come out of you know what I mean? yeah, Bruno live in a cage against Roddy fucking Piper, dude, buddy. I pff, I couldn't believe it. I I, 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 I couldn't wait for next month.
0: I kinda was kinda felt awesome.
1: the same. May in uh, I, 2000. Used sit, I used to sit either A, Loge 1 behind the Molson, and I'd be able to grab the wrestlers, or we'd be on the oh, side, yeah. or where the technique signs were up in the balcony, not the first row, that was double A, we used to get A. The guy who used to take me. Now, this is an intertwined story that lets you jump ahead. My mother used to be a worker at the Naked Eye Strip Club in Boston, Massachusetts, along with three other women. And the cab driver that used to drive my mom home, his name was Sarge. His One of his jobs was driving the head uh, of something that had to do with tickets and marketing at the Boston Garden, Saj was yep. a wrestling fan. Saj used to take me and two other kids. They were the, yep. own, the the father owned this place called the Saxon Cafe, which was right on the outskirts of uh, of the combat zone. And yep. I used to, they lived in Arlington, so he'd come pick me up in the Boston cab to go pick up those two kids in the Boston cab. Bro, he would pay for everything. Like, we'd have, we'd programs, the real Wrestling Observer magazine that wasn't sold in a stand anywhere. Uh, We'd go to the bar, we'd go up to the Kowloon after, and he had connections there. We'd get, we I met all the wrestlers. I was signing them. Oh. You know what I mean? It was no lie. Yep. Like, I legitimately, like like I look at things now and I hope I w I'm so glad I grew up when I grew up because if I had YouTube, I'd probably be addicted to that. Yeah. And I would have missed all of my loves, which is the love of pro- all professional sports, man. I am so addicted that right now, while I'm doing this with you, I'm catching up on my recording of the, uh, korean baseball association and i have it on mute because i just i love i love sports and i was saying today to like somebody on how like the past three mornings getting to watch it and record it even though it's not real baseball just the the announces and having that to look forward to and watch baseball and think of the positivity has really been like you know it's been a, a cool thing you know uplifting
0: when you were talking about seeing Bruno in a cage, I kind of felt the same way. I think it was 2005, but it was also in Boston, but at, at Gainus Arena, I saw Flair in a cage.
1: Okay. I was at you know, the first ever NWA at the uh, Boston Garden. What a story. It would turn, like, growing up after a while... Uh, friends started working at the garden and like doing like the concessions i had a buddy danny tabert and a buddy john baletta that used to do like uh ice creams or then they'd work the regular stands doing like pretzels and shit like that so the first nwa show comes in and the main event was i believe was the road warrior steiner luga was in i believe against blanchard but luga was there and I don't know whether or not this was staged because I don't think in the 80s man or, or like that early 90s I believe it was like late 80s maybe could have been early 90s I'm not sure but I was at the first original show and Luga comes down the corridor and we're all there seeking autographs and uh there's a kid in a wheelchair with his father and Luga re- like Luga went ballistic on the father with the he's like i don't sign no get autographs i don't care if your kids in a wheelchair get that thing out of my face i don't know if like per se kayfabe around the corner maybe things went differently but in front of our eyes to to see that natural heel instinct on a father with the kid in a wheelchair it really brought my perception to thinking lex luger was the Biggest freaking jerk I ever met in my whole life, and I didn't even get to meet him. But come full circle, I did get to meet him because I did a show with him in Kentucky. It was right after uh, Miss uh, Miss Elizabeth died. Buff Bagwell was on it with uh, me, Luga, a lot of those dudes, and the high school ended up getting it. Was uh, the high school ended up the state police searched every car that went on the grounds. It was one of the first independent shows he was on after uh, the murder happened. Yeah. It happened in Kentucky. I was on the show. But anyways, full circle as I got to see the full jerkness. And I, like I said, I don't know. Because back in the day, they were still protecting that stuff. It was still kayfabe back in them days. You know what I mean? Still at that point right there. So maybe around the corner, they were like, Hey, I gotta be a jerk. Who cares if you're in a wheelchair? Well, put me over. I'm Lex Luger. I'm supposed to be the top hill in the business. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I don't know. That could be the conspiracy conspiracy theorist of myself, but I don't know. I met
0: Luger last April and he was a you cool know? guy. But of course, you know, he's toned down the last thirty years and he's actually in a wheelchair himself now. Yep. Yeah. Of of kind of ironicness of it all, but no, I mean that's awesome. I mean, I, you know, I, I I grew up in Maine, and we didn't have the, you know the the venue of the Boston Garden. You know, we had the Cumberland County Civic Center, and you know, I I didn't we didn't have those matches in Maine like you like the Garden got. You know, if um, you had Nesson, first-
1: though, if you had Nesson, Nesson used to give uh, night at the Garden.
0: Yes, we didn't we we didn't have cable. I didn't have cable till I was a. So I was, well, my, my dad's house had cable. My mom's house, we lived in Litchfield. We didn't have cable until, like, 92 or something. Wow. Uh, but I'd always watch it at my dad's house. Yeah, I don't yeah. have cable now, but it's a different world. So
1: Yeah, yeah. I believe, believe you me. Good. Now you can watch all the stuff you
0: missed. Oh, yeah. Uh, like, in 97, my buddy Jay and I, we went down to the Fleet Center, and we stood in line overnight to buy tickets for Nitro. Yeah. Yeah, that and then we were at... With Oh, Me yeah. Well, around, uh, Bo
1: Douglas, we all went. Tony Rumble helped promote that dude. I got, I
0: saw, I saw Tony Rumble there
1: somewhere in my original packets when I, when I inherited everything. I got yeah. three file cabinets of his stuff, and I have the uh, promotional package that he signed with them somewhere.
0: I have that. That's, cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, how uh, I'll skip a little bit. The first yeah. time I, I saw you was uh, August eighth, ninety eight. EWA at the Lewiston Armory. Yeah, um, you were Jason. That. You were Jason Rage then. You know yeah, but... the uh, brother of porn star Julie Rage. And uh, yeah, uh, but it was not just you. I mean, it was it was you, Bo Slick, Damon. You guys were the True World Order. Uh, yep. Oh, plus Mike Apocalypse. Uh, I can't think yep, of his I last can't. name, but Mike.
1: Yeah. Mike's a train uh, too, man. I care to leave him out of the class if he sees this and watches this. Shout out to Mike, man. You was in our class too. You were the stiff stuff. We thought you was there to, to give us a. We thought Mike was a ringer there to like set by Rocky Raymond to injure us. That's why we <laughs> stiff Mike. We're like, dude, you
0: hit him from Rocky School to like stiff up on us. Um, <laughs> you guys all seem to come in at once there were you still with kowalski then when did you transition to being with rumble
1: always with kowalski even with tony rumble was frowned upon from uh tony if you didn't go to walters all right the whole connection was as soon as i got that uh that monica of being uh, tony atlas's assistant booker for ewa i brought in all them guys i got them the job that was my that was my deal uh, the first person I brought in was Damon. And, the, yeah, and like yeah. Wagner and Bo would ride along, and, and Tony was like, who the hell are them? And Tony right away loved Wagner because like, who's that black guy? I'm putting him on my show. Uh, 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 uh. And so, like, Wagner was automatic. So yeah. uh, I got – and the way that we got into Rum, uh, Tony Rumble was through yeah. – uh, smooth operating gangster Trey, uh, Trey, yes. Yep. Now Trey was my basketball coach in youth league, and <laughs> I had ran into Tony at a show before, and I told him I had uh, I had told him I was going to train, and uh, it was like two years before that at an indie show. I was a mock, and I got pitches, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm going to train." I'm telling you. He goes, yeah, so if you ever train, come see me." So the ironic thing was, is when I got my first book in and everything through Trey the Smooth Operating gangster. Tony's agreement was you do not stop training. And that was the same thing with Trey because Trey put up the word. But just because you got booked, you did not stop training. That's how you got a bad stigma. Oh, bro. You don't. And if you showed up to just one class a month because you thought you was a big. If you weren't there on Tuesday and Thursday. Knowing you had shows on Friday and Saturday, Walter would give you the Sunday excuse. But you know what the Sunday excuse was? The Sunday excuse was basically you'd show up. You didn't have to work, but work with the kids. He would understand if you weren't in the ring and you was working out two days. But you got till Tuesday off. That was it. That's how you got all this respect. You know what I mean? Like, I got to be Walter's landscaper. It wasn't because I took off after. Walter respected me because, still two, three years deep in the wrestling, I was still like, I still, I started in training with him in 96, and I didn't get my own wrestling ring until 2000. So I was
0: there a strong three and a half years. Okay. Yeah. So unfortunately, um, you know, mid November of 99, Tony Rumble passes away. Yeah. And then you you take, you take took on the moniker of the Boston Bad Boy. See, people, yep, I'll tell it. I can tell you the truth
1: on how yeah. it happened. Uh, Knuckles Nelson at the time was looking to venture on to do his own promotion. Yeah. Uh, everybody was thinking that Victoria Van Allen at the time was going to stop running, a.k.a. Ellen Magliaro, the wife of Tony Rumble, was going to stop promoting NWA New England.
0: Right.
1: Uh, Yeah, because there really wasn't anything planned. And uh, Knuckles had seen some other things he wanted to do, and that's, you know, everybody's allowed to do their thing. Right, right. uh, So Knuckles went on to do his thing. In uh, the meantime, I was looking to raise some money for a fallen friend, Jeff Mangles, who broke both of his femas, uh former NWA Jeez. junior heavyweight champion, also was a—he uh, should have been, like, a WWE, in the WWE. He used to help take pet pitches with Bill Apta, uh, so he was, like—and he knew a lot of people through Japan. He was basically just brought down to shows for us to show him what to do, and he was basically booked uh, we yep. were on a Fred Yale show in Connecticut. He was going against Damon Doc Angelo. Uh it was one yep. of them old-school rings that have the huge posts that you basically, short guys like us, have to jump to hit the rope. Yeah. Well, anyways, Jeff is standing, mind you, on that top rope. And yep. he does a moonsault off the back to Damon. Bro, he looked like a paper in a deep wind where he should have went straight and he went off to the right. Damon Lynch... Oh. Lindy- <laughs> Oh, did Damon legitimately froze like this. Didn't know what to do. And then at the last second, I'm sorry, it's not Damon's fault. He went to reach to the right. Bro, he was in shock, man. In shock. He went right through Damon's arm, and all you could hear on the floor was <laughs> and the kids started screaming, whole high, high, high help. Bro, he snapped both his femurs right there. The kid never wrestled again.
0: Jesus. Yo, know,
1: hard. You know if if impact, I could yet. Any point of her. advice to any young wrestlers, this is what happened. Before we even walked in the venue, he didn't even bother shaking Damon's hand. He brought him right hey, I'm, I'm, and brought him right over to the ring and was showing him this stuff he wanted to do before even shaking hands. Say, hey brother, how you doing? At Woodman, we all just took long rides. He's there. Say hello. Don't worry about the business right away. Everybody unwind. Then everybody do their stuff. I just believe it's a bad karma. You know what what I mean? Uh, I feel bad for Jeff. So we tried to raise some money. Had some huge doctor bills. Ellen found out that I wanted to do this. And uh, she loaned me the NWA New England name. And at the same night, she loaned me the NWA New England name. I had been friends with the family for a couple of years anyways, leading into Tony's passing. So I went over for a usual dinner. The two daughters were there and Ellen. And when I came over, they were like, you know, it just seemed like it was a weird atmosphere. And uh, they were like, uh, right away, they were like, you know, uh, we've been thinking, we want you to take on Tony's name. We want you to be the son of the Boston bad boy. You're now Jason Rumble, and we're not accepting no for an answer. And, uh, you know, I h- how can you say no? I mean, I, got was to
0: feel frozen,
1: phone, I was frozen. I was frozen my education on Tony rumble just didn't come from that man. I remember Tony rumble being in ICW and I like that's oh, how yeah. I, My, my wrestling goes oh. back, you know, like I, 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 I watched wrestling no. squiggles, you know, I, I just loved yeah. oh,
0: it. I remember watching, uh, you know, Tony on some of these ICW, uh, and then IWCCW after they bought World Class and everything, and Tony was doing commentary a lot, or he was wrestling, or I only actually saw Tony once in person. That was at the my first EWA show in March to, uh, 97. Yeah, he actually managed to have Duel the butcher against Tony Atlas. It was okay. At, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah.
1: I followed he, basically uh, every step that he's had to a certain extent.
0: Uh, yeah,
1: I, I I did his. I worked. I owned his company. And then I I did basically the same job he did for the Savoldis. <laughs> yeah.
0: uh, so I want to go back real quick too. I'm talking about Damon. Uh, Damon's a guy that I'm a huge fan of as well. Uh, I remember you guys had some hella good matches together, and I even bought the the best of Jason Rage versus Damon Dark Angel VHS back in the day. I would love to see some of those matches. Well, I don't have the VHS anymore. It got lost in the flood, but not before I converted it to DVD. So I have it on DVD. Oh, really? I would love a version of that. I'll see if I can make a copy.
1: That would be Uh, awesome. David has a lot of that old footage.
0: I don't have a computer that has two disk drives anymore. It's all right. I'm patient. I haven't seen it in years. I can wait. Um, Actually, and I also had the Best of the Archangels.
1: Oh, wow. I remember that one very well. I'm part of that. I,
0: I, I, yes, <laughs> I, I burned that one as well, and um, I actually sent, when I had two disc drives, I made a copy and sent that to Damon, and a lot of that footage he put up on YouTube on the Archangels page. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah, um, but you guys had some awesome matches against each other, and then, of course, later on in life, you guys were the crown jewels together. Yep, one uh, of New England's and, uh, greatest
1: tag teams. I was fanning any CW tag team champs in history. What uh, Tony Ulysses? Yep. Mr. Fabulous, Fabulous
0: T. Fa- yeah, yeah. Um, but before we get there, um, so I'm really curious about this because NWA New England was obviously part of the NWA. Yeah. Uh, you know, and at uh, the 52nd anniversary show in 2000, uh, you went down to Tennessee at the fairgrounds and you beat Bo Douglas for the NWA New England Heavyweight Championship. Yeah, yeah. And then you fast forward and a year later you're back at the you're back at the uh, 53rd anniversary show this time down in C- St. Petersburg, Florida and yep. you capture your first NWA World Junior Heavyweight Championship.
1: <laughs> so
0: to me that's pretty fucking awesome because it's an NWA World Championship and you know this title was first recognized in uh, 1945. It was recognized up until Corgan bought the company in 2017. You know, I mean, other champions, ironically, Angelo Savoldi held that title. Uh, Leroy McGurk, Bernd Gagne, Danny Hodge, uh, Tiger Mask, Gerald Briscoe, Jushin Liger, uh, Ricky Morton, Mike Quackenbush. I mean, huge list of names of guys that held that title. You're you're a three-time champion. Uh, You held it for a combined 473 days. (laughs) <laughs> Which gives the thirteenth longest combined reign of all champions, and it's you know fifty year history. Uh, I'll take 16.
1: that third. I'll take the unlucky thirteen. That lines with Tony Rumble. That was his favorite number, man.
0: Seventy two year history of that title, and you have the twelfth longest single reign. You had a you three hundred and twelve day reign in uh, two thousand
1: four
0: to two thousand five. Wow. So. I mean, to me, that's pretty fucking awesome. And my question is, through all this, what was it like being part of the NWA during that time frame? I mean, when it comes to NWA New England, you have control over your promotion. You have control over your championships. But, yeah, how how is it like when you're the NWA World Junior Heavyweight Championship? I mean, are you You going with everything everything on your own?
1: You had to do everything on your own, man. You had to put yourself on your own shows. During my first reign... I basically, I would find out where Steve Carino was, and I had the help of the Heavenly Bodies. Uh, yep. Crazy Chris Nelson and Vito Casanova. And I yep. took, wh- wherever we wherever they went, I tried to piggyback myself on. And Steve Carino used to tell me all the time that if they that NWA should have all their champions on a show, and if I could make it, I should try to get on it.
0: So, so it was so had to get, so you had to get yourself there hell yeah, hell yeah yeah See, it's not what a lot of people think you know a lot of people think you're the NWA world Junior Boy champion, they're flying you into where they're having their show to have <laughs> you defend the title. you know what I mean
1: uh, richard Oppen. thank uh thank i uh, rich I thank Richard Oppen, I think uh yep. oh howard brody uh yep. what's his name bill what's his name Bill barons? Guys Bill like Bear, this, yeah. Bill Berens, uh those three guys right there. More or less, Jim, uh, Richard Oppen kept me busy, uh, yeah. and he he got me on a lot of NWA shows. Uh, Jim Miller, who was another NWA, would would push to get me on the shows. Uh, oh, Fred. I'm having a mind his last name, but it was NWA New Jersey. Fred Rubenstein, I believe his name was, but he was a referee also with NWA. Fred was a huge backer of mine. Wherever he was, if he was on shows, he'd push for me. Man, I just pushed for myself, you know, and then I had a good thing where – where uh I got a really good ins right away with Florida Championship Wrestling and Bill Brown. So right away, first when I first started wrestling, I'd already had my ins, you know. Uh, so it, even if they weren't NWA bookings, I got my NWA World Title, uh, World Junior Heavyweight Championship on those shows, you know. So I did whatever I could, and they knew I was always busy. Uh another reason probably why they gave t- I'm not gonna yeah. lie, but I'm a, I, I even though I ran an NWA promotion, if you're the shits, they're not gonna make you a champion. Okay?
0: No. But they're not going
1: to, absolutely they not, knew yeah. I love to wrestle and if they put and they knew I love to make money. So if they booked me and put money in my pocket, guess what they got come the conventions? When they are in the boardrooms. You get my my votes. So if I was able to put the right people yeah. in the no, right spots, I did what I did. Yeah. Hence why I got the belt three times. Hence why I'm the pro- thirteenth longest combined run. Why I'm the twelfth longest run because I was a play. I was I'm a team player. How's that? I'm a team player. I don't so have it's, to it's, be the best player on the team, but when they pick right. the teams and there's seven guys and seven guys, and you got to make a team, they're yeah. going to pick me. Yeah. I'm going to get picked because they're going to say, you give the ball the rumble, and it's consistent, it goes. And he's always going to back what needs to be backed.
0: Well, your, your first two runs were in 2001 and 2002. Yeah. Uh, and then in October 2004, up in Winnipeg, Manitoba, you wrestled Jarrell Clark and Vance Desmond at the yeah. 56th anniversary show and capture your third reign. And that was the longest reign lasting yeah. until August 2005, where you dropped it to Black Tiger 4, a.k.a. Rocky Romero in Tennessee. Yeah. Um, it does surprise mean, it, it does, but it doesn't surprise me that you had to get yourself to all these shows. Uh, but it shows your passion and it shows your your drive to, to be the champion and have the title recognized. I mean, I saw you, Russell, John Thornhill for the title. at skips bar and busted yep. it. Yeah. Uh, in January 2005.
1: Uh. So, I got a good seed. Now, there's a reason why I held that belt a lot longer. What happened was, is Dave Marquez, that, those NWA guys towards that end, the younger dudes started to get in influence. Yeah. And uh, they wanted to put the belt on Tiger Mask, and they wanted me to go to Japan. I was booked to go to England for 10 days. And that's the reason why I was booked was because of the belt. Plus I had bookings in between that. And that yeah. I was a, I was a real wrestler. Those bookings. That's how I fed myself the whole nine yards. Uh, so everything pertained to that. And I told the dude, listen, I was like, Dave, I can't the England thing is important. The belt's never been there. It's like, well, we'll let we'll we'll take those bookings or we'll let something else happen. You got just go. I'm like, nah, I'm taking these other bookings. And then when I come back, you guys can make the decision. And that's how Rocky Romero came to where did I put him over at? I don't even remember. Um, it was the worst. I, Columbia, Tennessee. Where? Columbia, Tennessee. Oh, brother. It was one of the worst venues I ever been to in my life it yeah. would they the dressing room was downstairs in like a bingo hall type of place there was old school wrestlers playing cards burning up cigars burning up cigarettes with no windows buddy it was horrible That's horrible but it was a great experience working rocky rock. i don't even i think i was still i think it was the worst flight i ever had i did not sleep and i didn't really talk my match over with Rocky Romero. I don't think I've even ever seen the match if the footage exists. I'd love to see the match. I've never even seen it. Don't even know if it exists.
0: I don't, it might be on YouTube for all we know, or IVP yeah. videos, perhaps. But I'm I sure it's out there somewhere. The promotion. I wish I could reach out to
1: the guy. I know he was an NWA promoter, uh, but you know, I was supposed to go to Japan, and I probably made that title reign last probably a, a strong. 60 days longer just by doing that. But I was always a hardball player. I wouldn't have been the son of Tony Rumble if I didn't. Tony used to (laughs) refuse things all the time. He kept those NWA World Titles a year like for about six months longer than he should have, because he was like nobody else gets him around like I do. Nobody else got real TV. Nobody else got control of the magazines like I do. I got the aptis. I got the guys of this world that you know are getting those belts and getting everybody looked at. While you got idiots out there that don't know how to promote this stuff.
0: Uh, The World Tag Titles, you mean? Yes, sir. uh, Was that was when Knuckles and Sabraco are the champs? Yep. I don't know why I know that, but I do, apparently. Uh, I I just want to real quick, uh, I think my favorite match that I ever saw yours to date is actually when you wrestled Louis Ortiz in Sanford in January 2007. Wow. I
1: wasn't even scheduled to work that show. I was going to, and then I wasn't going to. I believe I ran out my jogging pants to work him.
0: You... Yeah, I don't know. You had your gear on. Okay, maybe that was the next yeah. show, but one you're of the them NW way 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 weren't even going to work. you was the, the NWA New England champ at the time. Okay. Yeah, and, and Sanford's a hundred mile drive from me, and oh, I wow. went. I went to the card based on that match. That was the advertised match. You against Ortiz. Yeah. So I, I I drove the hundred miles one way for that match, and it was not a letdown. I'll tell you what. Thank you. And it was it was fun because I hadn't seen Bowen forever either, and so seeing you know Bo again was good and. That was an. I mean, I've seen a lot of your matches over the years, and I've enjoyed many of your matches over the years. But that one there is still the standout. When I think, I mean, you guys went like half hour, put on a fucking clinic. That's a match <laughs> I'd love to see again.
1: You uh, won through Those are easy matches. Yeah. You know, I got to go against somebody that basically could beat the shit out of me in school, and finally I got <laughs> so many matches under my belt, and that, you know, now I'm not afraid to give it back. So yeah, oh, pff, Louis Ortiz, man. Right now I'm in horrible shape, but give me sixty days in the gym and a and a, and a ring, and uh, I could I could do thirty minutes with Louis Ortiz again any day of the week. Well, well, Jim Wagner, he just Bo
0: back last year. Louis Excuse just came me? back last year. I said yep. Louis just came back last year. So I mean I'd yeah. like to see I'd love it if he came up here again sometime or, oh. or get down there. But I mean who are your favorite guys to work with over the years? From you know, just from when you started to now, you know, last twenty three years you've been wrestling. I mean, who's your favorite guys to step in the ring with?
1: A lot of them are Kowalski guys. Which makes sense. Yeah. You know. Uh yeah, a lot of the Kowalski guys, with- man. Lex Lovett from Florida. I enjoyed working with him a lot. Yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, a lot of like Damon Doc Angel. I loved working with Damon. I love working with Bo. Loved oh, sure. working with Wagner. Loved work love. Lo- I love working with Louie. Uh yeah. like I love working with Stiff Mike, Apocalypse. <laughs> uh you Know for the younger guys, uh, like the main younger guys, I love working with uh, champ Matthews, Luke. Uh, oh, yeah, uh, you Luke's know, I awesome. love working with the champ, uh, the champ of, of what league we don't know. Uh, yeah. I exactly. always question shops about that. <laughs> <laughs> they the champ of his figures league, right. Yeah. <laughs> Then, uh, then you got Mark uh, Moment. You know, I loved working yeah. with Mark Moman. Uh, I loved working with Paul Hudson.
0: Oh yeah, Paul was I great. Working with Paul,
1: uh, very underrated. Even though in his younger days, maybe you know, I cannot, you know, probably didn't have the greatest of matches. But nowadays, I've had really good matches with Johnny Primer. Maybe oh, yeah. it's because I'm a. Maybe it's because it's he's I'm his dance partner and I'm able to get more things out of him. Yeah. But I've had real good matches with Johnny Primer. I've enjoyed working him. I have fun working him. He makes me laugh. You know, <laughs> not many people can break make me break kayfabe in the ring. <laughs> Excuse me, but he can. Uh, I loved working with Lou Robinson. Yeah, Lou Robinson, yeah. a joy to work. Probably one of the best workers out there. And uh it's a shame that uh you know what happened to him through the tough enough thing.
0: Yeah. I really wish yeah. he'd
1: have kept with it. I know that he enjoys yeah. his Wolfpack fitness. But I believe Luke is like Luke could have been and sh- and Luke Luke could be right now where Seth Rollins is.
0: Probably. If he, would have stuck, if he would have stuck with it. Yeah. Yep, Cause he had a it. great run. He, he had, he had a great run in NWA on fire yeah, and uh, not just being their champ for long to have some great matches. I mean, I remember him against CPO or Carl Piero led or whatever at the Augusta, yep. uh, at the Augusta Armory several years ago, they, they went 20 plus minutes and had an awesome match. I was pretty much blown away by that. Yeah. Um, you know, and then like, you know, uh, yeah, what happened kind of sucked. And the guy that even won the contest, I mean, he never amounted to second No, shit he there. got
1: caught for something. He did something stupid and got kicked out of the developmental program. Yeah. no, you
0: know? But you're still staying busy today. I mean, oh. it seems like you're wrestling multiple times a month even now still.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'll, t- I'll be honest with you. I'm looking to take it a little bit. More. I like this time off right now. Yeah. uh once I see that there's going to be a legit lift, like I'm I'm thinking of setting my like, the older I get it's not yeah. good to take the time off with not having a ring to train at and being yeah. where Let's Wrestle's dojo is about two hours from me, it's not something at 48 not with two kids yet. and a wife that I really want to take off for the day and go and bump uh, yeah. so I'd have to say that I'm going to try and set my ring up and I'm going to bump for the summertime so that I can try and just keep myself conditioned so that I I'm able to still perform. Cause I, I'm going to perform regardless. It's just waking up the next day. That's going to kill me. And I don't want that to happen. So, uh, you know, let's just see how this, 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 uh, pandemic pans out and hopefully things are back to normal and, uh, Wrestling you know. goes all well.
0: So are you still running victory championship wrestling right now?
1: Uh, yep, we're at a standstill. You know, once yeah. we get the AOKs, we'll be back doing our thing. I'm actually venturing out in a new thing. Okay. Uh, it's been in the midst. It's been in the works. Uh, not only my own uh, podcast and my own live feed that I'm doing, but I've been asked to come aboard as the uh Basically, the the liaison or the uh, the lead reporter and/or publicist for a new uh, like podcast, YouTube show that's going to be presented by a uh, by Leo uh, by Leo over in uh, Leo Connors. I'm not sure if okay. you're familiar with Leo. Uh, he does a wrestling show out of New Hampshire. Look him up on Facebook, Leo Connors. He's got a really good okay. face. He's gonna re- yeah, he'll help push your stuff too. Uh, him and a few All other right. guys oh, in the New England you. area. We're going to put together a uh, – a new. It's well, <laughs> the funny thing is, is the past two days he's been thinking, what what can we call this thing? And I go, yeah, well, you should put a poll on Facebook and maybe over 10 days see what you can get with the most people and, and go from there. I go, but he threw a couple names out there. I go, I go, I'll just throw this out there. The New England Indy I th- I think it was uh, the New England Indy Wrestle uh the New England Wrestling the New England the New England insider. Oh, wait, uh, let me get my phone. I came up with a name <laughs> but I can't even remember. I'm so excited. All right, That's is? Awesome. right here. Okay. I can do interviews. I can do. I am a reporter and administrator for my area, which is my area will be Maine and the Maritimes, which will be New Brunswick and Nova Scotia. The official name of the, which I came up with, is New England Indie Insider.
0: Oh, New England Indie Insider—that's a good name, yeah.
1: I like that. I came up with that. It was a tongue twister. That's what got me. New England (laughs) Indie Insider, the NEII report, baby. Uh, So yeah, putting that together. What I'll be looking for is I'll be looking for the uh, the indie shows in the New England, in the main area.
0: Uh,
1: I'm gonna set that up with like, and they'll give shout outs and what's going on in the area. I'm going to be yeah. doing uh one-on-one report special, uh, interviews, like a couple of, you know, anywhere from three to seven minutes to be released on their program through, uh, through probably Skype, the same way you're doing this right here and hit a record and then send them a file yeah. and, uh, or through zoom meeting because zoom, you can go up to about a half hour. Either way, we're going to have that file, uh, yeah. and give them an interview. Plus they'll take matches, They'll take a match clip. So if a person sends me a match clip from Maine and wants me to send the highlight reel from a wrestling show and donate that, yeah. they'll go, oh, look, this is from Let's Wrestle. And, you know, maybe I can take that and have somebody and I can do the voiceover yeah. or Randy Carver can do the
0: voiceover. Uh, so let's see here. And we got, we got Limitless Wrestling. We got Let's Wrestle. We got yeah. uh, IWE at uh, yeah. BCW. Yeah. And uh, we got the Crown of Maine Wrestling up in the county. I've yeah. never been to one of their shows. I, I can't speak on them. I know I've seen like Ricky Williams and Eric Johnson, some other guys work up there. Yeah, um, I can't. Pros go. Pros the... go up
1: there. Pros go up there. I'm not. You know, they got nice guys up there. They yeah. they ask for seminars. They ask the pros to take them in the ring. Uh, to yeah. show them the right moves, so I'm not gonna knock yeah. them. They're actually no, no, a- not, not- yeah, they I'm would have been familiar. helping me out in June. I I'm I'm my wife has a family member that is uh in with the board of Limestone, Maine, and they're yeah. looking to refurbish their library with books, and they want okay. me to do the fundraiser. So I know that limestone's up by those guys, the Crown of Maine. Yeah. Well, it would be a lot yeah, easier yeah, for them to yeah. buy ring rental. So, yeah. Uh, I was about to say uh, anything bad about Drive doing down <laughs> yeah. well, They well, no, They spend, money, like, it would be a different thing if they just thought wrestling was through them. And they didn't look to further their education by like bringing trained professionals and saying, all right, we're going to put up our ring for three days. And uh, along with booking you guys, we're going to give you extra money and we want to know the real moves and we want to know some training methods. Will you help us? So they look to do the real thing. So I will not knock that.
0: Well, I mean, those are the pretty much the most consistent leagues running in Maine. There's a few pop up here and they had to do a show or two or have a show. But I
1: understand the. The, uh, what was it there, Matt and Muscle? Matt and Muscle. They, yeah.
0: they're, they're serious about doing a second show. Uh, they did a second show in August. I would definitely go to it. The first show, my wife and I had a getaway we had already planned.
1: They got the, from what I understand, the only thing that held, was holding them back, obviously, is this pandemic. Yeah. Uh, they just weren't going to overbook like they did the last time. They booked with their not their brain. They booked not with no, their no. they yeah, they booked with their, their, their heart and their indie hopes. And See, like I, I,
0: this, I love you, professional wrestling with, uh, yeah, with so much
1: want not many from around here, you know what I'm saying? So like y'all yeah. gonna come to it, but like
0: Yeah. It's I not want many all the wrestling man. companies to succeed so I have more wrestling to go to and, and wrestling gets bigger. Yeah. And uh I've been to some... I mean, well, hell, you went to the one at the uh, old uh, the old YMCA in Augusta. I'm pretty sure, you know, the one that uh, uh,
1: Pizza Man
0: Louie. Yes. I know it's... Bro, think, we had I to bring him
1: to an ATM. He was shaking, throwing, like, three different cards in there to get
0: us the uh, money. Well, I mean, there was, what, ten people there? Yeah. I mean, I knew about it because he came down... I was working at Augusta Police at the time in dispatch, and he came down to ask if he had to have uh, police there for security because he wants to put on this wrestling show at the YMCA. And it was like, no, you don't. And he's like, all right. And he goes, I said, well, if you get some posters, let me know. I'll hang some around town. And he never did. And I never saw a single poster for the show, but I knew it was still happening. So I I went to the show, and I was like, it was like me and the two guys from the NEI were the only guys sitting on our side of the ring. And there was some trainees sitting in these little bleachers, but it was it was a fun day of wrestling. But I mean, you can't put on a wrestling show, have seventeen matches, crown four champions with, you know, ten people in the stands. He had a he had a he had a stacked
1: card too, man. Oh, yeah, I, I, I did. think I worked Romeo Roselli, or I was his tag team partner yeah. on that
0: show. Yeah, No, no, you you won you won the title, then you lost the title. I think, or Romeo won, then lost it. But yeah, Romeo was there. Ken Doan was on the card. Uh, uh, Brian Black was on the card. Uh, Maverick Wild was there. Doctor Harrisy was there. I mean, Larry Huntley was there. There was there was a, a lot of a lot of guys on that show. Yes. So VCW, you run you run in Maine. You run in uh, Maritimes. Yeah. Uh, how, how is it i mean are are is Forrest still your your promoter in the maritimes is someone else doing it or are you doing it how's that working i, I mean how do you uh-huh. get your booking
1: i um, right being now a, i've you decided a, to pull basically the promotion part of it yeah. <clears throat> out of uh <clears throat> eastern canada for the time being yeah uh forest colored K. devin shittick uh Right now is on a life-healing, uh, you know, trying to get himself in order. Once he's in order and his life is going right, uh, BCW uh, Can-Am will be back up and going, yes. So the Canadian okay. part of the promotion will start revving once again. But life life is most important. And, and what's best for Mr. Shittick is to have his life in order. To make sure the person he looks at in the mirror is the person that uh, he wants to be, and what? not the person that he's disappointed in. So once that can be foreseen and done with on a daily, day to day basis, and and uh, and he's in a good state of mind. Well, I've said it. Uh, oh, I think on my live cast sat last Saturday, I talked a little bit about him. He's one of the ballsiest promoters I ever met. Uh, people will say dumb things, but he's one of the only guys He promoted the longest tours in maritime history. You know what
0: I mean? Only Renee, oh, Gu- you- only only uh, what's his name there? Uh, Goulet's dad, not Renee Goulet. Uh, Rene Dupree's dad, Rene, Rene Dupree. Dupree's dad
1: promoted yeah, long tours. Dupree.
0: Yep. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Grand Prix.
1: We used to go, and we'd be legitimately in Newfoundland, living out of our bags. In the oh, back shit. of a ring truck
0: for thirty-five days. Holy On shit! After... Newfoundland. Yep. Now, did you did you drive? Did you drive through the? You took the ferry over. Ferry
1: over, and then we all of us were in the back of a ring truck. <laughs> yep. Damn. Two rooms, and if nobody fit in the rooms, you you kept your bags out in the ring truck and made a bed out there.
0: Uh see that's enough that's we should talk again sometime to cover all that because I oh, feel buddy. like that's gonna I feel that's a long-winded story right there. I got there
1: was one time the car broke down I thought we was getting eaten by polar bears, man. <laughs> a quarter mile up the road there was like six of them big old grizzlies just walking around. <laughs> That's unsettling. <laughs> the directions the directions for the jack and where the tire was located was not in the car. <laughs> Took us an, almost two hours to find the stuff. We're on a rock road that one of them trucks, an excavating truck only goes Uh-oh, down it once a day. Yeah. If he passes you, he he passes you once, passes you twice, and you don't know when that twice happens.
0: Yeah, that's unsettling. So I was talking to my buddy Mikey to tell him we were doing this today, and he wanted to, wanted me to ask you, uh, who do you, what do you think is the best era in wrestling?
1: It's not now. Uh, I really believe when I was growing up, man. Of it, was yeah. it was kayfabe. Fame, it was K Fame, and you thought either A you were a douchebag, and you was the guy that got smacked out by Doctor D. David Schultz, and had the audacity to call it fake. Or you yeah, was a kid yeah. like, or you was a kid like me, and said, "No way, this is real." You know, like you yep. was at an edge, and you wanted to punch a dude in the face for saying this. So yep. I believe when I grew up, man, honest, 80, 80s wrestling to mid-95 yep. maybe even to the like yep mid-95-ish once DX started to come around don't get me wrong I love all that swearing and like the risque but like it got a little overboard you know what I mean the matches were good don't get me wrong but yeah, yeah man
0: Dude, for me, 80s to
1: 95
0: I love, 80s to love, 95 love, and I I'll tell you
1: more, I loved watching NWA wrestling
0: I said that was my favorite. the mid to late eighties NWA wrestling, Jim Crockett Promotions, Joe Championship yeah. Wrestling, NWA Florida, you know, Florida Championship. I love watching that wrestling with a passion. Um, Superstation TBS every Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, yeah. And then, um, like right now, I've been on a huge kick. It's because I wanted to watch uh, Greg Valentine against Tito Santana for the IC title in a okay. cage watch so I started with watching that and now I've been watching like every show on the network from in the WWE from eighty four, eighty five, eighty six. And it's just yeah. like that's that's when I was a kid. That was my peak when I was a little kid, you know, seven, eight, nine years old watching it. Yeah. And my yeah. first ever show was nineteen eighty nine at the Cumbly County Civic Center with Hogan and Savage in the main event. And so it's just so I, I, I lean to agree with you. That's that's my I think that's my favorite time of wrestling to watch as well. Yeah. Without a doubt. Nowadays, I mean, listen, these guys are great
1: athletes, man. Excellent athletes. I'm not going to knock them. But there's some moves that they do that legitimately, if you was hit with that move, you should be knocked out. Like, my trainee, and I'll call him my trainee, Todd Hanson, uh, who is... uh, Ivar uh, from the uh, Viking Raiders. He started with me first, and then uh, my career started going. And I moved down to Florida with Kenny Ga- Kenny Garrett, Santana Garrett's dad. I know Ken- I knew Santana Garrett when she was my daughter's age, ten years old, <laughs> man, and she loved wrestling then. And now she's like a WWE, going to be a WWE superstar. But I lived in his house. I did the training at his school. He was my manager, yeah. like legit manager. Uh but anyways, uh where was I going with this?
0: Uh you're talking about wrestling nowadays and, and people getting hit with shit that they shouldn't be getting up from.
1: Yes. Okay. So anyways, I Iva uh, Eric does that power neat and goes ha! If he ever hit someone in that in the nose, Right. Or in the right place. He would legitimately kill a person. Yeah, there are there were just moves that these guys do. That yeah, I understand it makes it look more powerful, but to be quite honest with you, it makes the business look even faker.
0: It's like um, I read uh, they have the the history of the the world championship or WWE championship. They had a book, yeah. and I was reading it several years ago and it was like in the book they had to you know you had Bruno held the title for so long and then Pedro held it for a long time and Bruno again and Backlund again and Hogan again so you had all these guys that held the titles for such a long period of time and then now the title just jumps around like it's playing leapfrog title don't mean nothing no
1: more uh, for the longest time I'm sorry for the longest time the title didn't mean nothing no more for the past few years The titles come back now to basically saying, okay, this guy's legitimately the best guy in the company, and we want him to carry the company. So the title has took different perspectives, or different titles in the WWE mean different things, like the Intercontinental Championship back in the day. Dude, oh, Randy that was Savage, the title. yep, that thing wasn't on Randy Savage, Tito Santana, Pedro Morales, that thing wasn't on Mr. Perfect, that wasn't on them to just say, hey, let's see if we can get them over, it's just, it was because no. they was the same, that's the next world champion, or this is the guy, you know right. what I'm saying, he's the number two in the company,
0: or sometimes the number one. Yeah. yeah. No, for, but this book was basically making excuses saying that, well, now there's so many super athletes in the WWE, the titles can change hands at any time. And it just, it turned me off and it kind of pissed me off because it's like, don't, don't call me an idiot and
1: yeah. made me
0: think, oh, well, Bruno held it for so long because he was such a super athlete and he didn't have any competition. Like, not like the competition now. That's how I read that. Basically, it was yeah. saying the reason why those guys could hold the titles for so long, they didn't have competition like we do today. And it's no. like, that's horseshit.
1: I think the reason why you don't see longer title reigns nowadays is because there's so much wrestling and these guys are wrestling so many yeah. times against each other. And wrestling is already so over, over, overly saturated to the point where it, the t- coming to see Bob Backlund or coming to see Hulk Hogan or coming to see Shawn Michaels or uh, Ric Flair or, or Bret Hart. Coming to Cumberland County yeah. Civic Center, or coming up to Bangor, Maine, or Augusta Civic Center, or what have you, did it last yeah. a whole year so that the WWE could make its full circuit for them to see the world champion? Because he never wrestled on TV. And a that that was the the champ never wrestled on TV. You seen he used to cut promos. Yep, and, and it, well,
0: that was a thing. TV on, was Bob Backlund and Hulk Hogan never wrestled on TV. They they wrestled on Saturday night's main event. That was it.
1: That's basically.
0: it. Basically, like Hogan and, wrestled on Saturday night's main event, and, and, and that was pretty once much once it. in a was- while. Uh, yeah. If you watch WCW,
1: Flair yeah. would do like a, a six man, uh, an eight man with four horsemen, and right? Just right. Tagging Flair so he could do the chop, get the guy yep. down, break the leg, and end it with the figure four.
0: But like that's. You know, and, no. and Flair was just on to cut promos. Well, TV used to be there to take you to the house shows. And, yep. and now TV's there as the primary thing. And house shows mean less and less, which to me, yep. I, I enjoy. If I'm going to go see WWE live, I would rather go to a house show than a TV taping. Because I'm going to yep. get better wrestling. At, yep. I, at I the think house nowadays, shows. right
1: now, you're getting better wrestling because of this pandemic. I think the yep. WWE's letting these young guys wrestle
0: right now. Yeah, yeah, they are. They have so. no
1: choice.
0: <laughs> yeah, they're they're limited. Well, I really appreciate you uh, taking the time to, to chat with me tonight, buddy. I can uh, talk forever, man. I, I I could as well. I yeah yeah we'll yeah. Have to do it again. We'll have yeah, to do I'm it again. There's a part two all the time. But before we go, uh, do you want to you plug your your socials? social media is there? Uh,
1: My socials. I'm on Facebook, uh, Jason Delegata slash Jason Rumble. I'm on Instagram. I'm more or less on my Facebook. Um, I'm morphing my way into a podcast slash YouTube slash Facebook live show known as Rumble to Rumble. Uh, Right now, my producer and I are going over different things. Uh, Basically, we're thinking more or less it's going to be something that's going to be Recorded topic with an interview, release recorded topic with interview, place it on the social media, look for all the comments, and then from the comments, do a Facebook Live pertaining to said podcast, said YouTube, uh, you know, show, uh, and and field some questions. Uh, that's what I'm basically looking at. That's the thing, that's the that's my, my new thing, uh, so. If wrestling comes back and people discover I got the gift of gab, you know, I could have wrestled my last match for all I know. Uh, But you never say never. Uh, I'm I'm looking forward to hopefully... I'm I'm also a high school football coach, basketball coach, and baseball coach. So hopefully all these things get lifted so I get back into some more of the normality of life. Uh, But to, you know, and then... To end it, you asked me who legitimately my favorite wrestlers were. Were the Kowalski guys. But off yeah. the Kowalski chain, if I had to choose up to date who my favorite wrestling opponent was or is to this time, the reason saying this, because I can guarantee that if you put both of my matches that I had with this individual in the state of Maine, his name's Teddy Hart. Yeah, yeah. We talked nothing over. We legitimately beat the tar out of each other. I guarantee it goes as one of the top indie matches, non-talked, that didn't look choreographed, indie matches in the state of Maine history. I'll put it up against Mark Moment, against AJ Styles. I'll put it up against Mark Moment and and, uh, what's his name there? Christopher Daniels. Those matches were talked and choreographed. Well, I'm talking straight-up so, shoot-style match. Me and Teddy Hart, two two months in a row, tore the house down and beat the everlasting hell out of each other. Uh, and it was, I guarantee it's, and, and that was right there. Those are the favorite guys, Kowalski guys and Teddy Hart. Well, and back in man. the day, people used to say, what are the two wrestling schools to go to? Walter Killer yeah. Kowalski's or yeah. Stu Hart's dungeon. What better way to end it? Like, whatever people say about Teddy Hart, whatever his real-life differences are, dude, Teddy Hart is in- insane in the ring. I, oh, I no. like, gelled with That's him awesome. the first day I met him. was like I had yep. worked out with him a hundred times in the ring. By yeah. none, Teddy Hart is probably one of my – it is, other than a Kowalski worker – yeah. And Anthony Green, I got to work him. I'm sorry, I forgot about, like, all time snaps in so many bouts. <laughs> so, like, currently, the best people I've worked lately was Anthony Green and Teddy Hart, without a doubt. Anthony Green, me and him went out there and did it on the fly at the Farmington Fair last year. Awesome match.
0: Awesome. I, know, I was... I was pissed because I almost went up to the fair for that, and then I didn't go because I didn't know who was going to be there, and it's a hall. And I I wish I would have gone because I would have liked to have seen that match. Yep, me and you. uh, In you mentioned that you maybe you you wrestled your last match. Maybe you don't know, but I mean, prior to all this COVID horseshit going on, did you have uh, an exit plan for wrestling as far as you being in the ring, or are you just gonna? I tell people this: you can't
1: retire from indie wrestling. You just stop, no, and people forget you about you. Uh, I do this because for 23 years, this is all I've really known. My life is used to this. Yeah, you know what I mean. Uh, my daughter, lo- my daughter loves the fact of professional wrestling. My son loves the fact of professional wrestling. I still get booked, so I'll be honest with you. When I stopped getting booked, is the day I basically I, I stopped going out there. Uh I need to read I'm in a way, shape, and form, like I'm trying to re-motivate myself, you know. Uh because even at forty-seven I look at myself like I'm 27 because I only know myself to work a certain way. And uh I always want to be by none when uh push comes to shove. The people who really have seen me wrestle over the years still know that when I go in the ring that I'm don't no matter where I'm at and whom i facing on the card, know for a fact that I'm the better wrestler. So, uh, and it's, like I said, it's having that mentality. Uh, so, I'm, you know, well, I'm, 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 I'm ready. It'll take me a little longer, but if you were to say to me tomorrow, uh, I got a podcast or I got something for you to do, and this is the X amount of dollars and it's the right amount of money to just to, to say I'm done with professional wrestling, I would do yeah. it. I would do it. I'm at that point where I'm real. I'm happy. I'm content I'm kind of bullcrap that this is going on because as a kid, I pictured myself being a professional athlete and then uh, stepping back from the realm, going into my high school and becoming like the gym teacher and a football coach and all the coaches and having my daughter doing all these things. And, you know, it's nice coming home and being around the family at night and, and, and yeah. being able to do that stuff. So I'm hugely content right now in my life. Professional wrestling's just a plus. Uh, I think more or less nowadays it, it gets my frustration out of me and it's a good thing to know that I can still whip a kid's ass that is basically old enough to be my son. And, uh, (laughs) you know, and they get to, they not get, they only not get to hear the impersonation of my voice. They get to say, wow, this dude really existed. Uh,
0: (laughs) so, you You know, I uh, definitely have one of the most uh, impersonated voices Oh, without a doubt.
1: And That's man, why I think
0: that you know. But yeah, yeah I, I still love it, man. I still I want to it. see. See, I want to see you and uh, the, the the prize there, Alex Price, in a promo off. Oh, geez. Because I would, I would, I would, oh, I would pay man, and, just and I thought to a-
1: Alec, I worked yeah. Alec at Let's Wrestle. I know. I, I, I'm going to be yeah. honest with you. A lot of people came to me and were like, "How can you be disappointed in that match?" I had probably had six weeks off. My wind wasn't where it's at, and I'm going to throw this hardball at everybody. I was going through a respiratory cold at that time, and I'm going to keep. And I work at a high school with. Where we have students that come oh. in from China,
0: yeah, jeez, yeah, I know. I've, I've there's a lot of other
1: buddy. Questions. I was fluid for about six weeks coming into that. I couldn't work out. My chest was heavy when I I, I, I just and when when I feel that like I wasn't I wasn't myself. Like, yep. but most people are like, bro, what are you talking about? That match was insane. It was awesome. Blah. To me, I wasn't me. Give me me a normal me and Alec Price. I could I could have so much better with Alec. And Alec one
0: loved.
1: More Oh yeah, one more match. But you know, one
0: more then match. You can have Price too.
1: Yeah, I, I would. I would. I would work out the right way to send And I left Alec out. I'm sorry, Alec. I was. I was. It was awesome because he's going to be awesome. Uh, okay. but Re- I, Randy Carver... He's my friend. I love him to death, but I don't get booked there. I only got booked for that one show because it was a fundraiser, and Paul and 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 uh, the person they were running the fundraiser for happens to be my
0: friend. Yeah. Well, it was funny because Eric, we had actually talked and about Eric that. helped with making the book. Yeah, uh, me and me and a couple of my buddies were talking about you know oh it's just about time. You know, rumbles up and us Russell. You know? Yeah, they won't book
1: me. Listen, I like, they got some guys there that, like, they're good people, but, like, yeah. like I'm sorry to say that uh, <sighs> Moxie Moxie there, whatever his name is yeah. there. Uh,
0: yeah, I know what you're talking about. He's
1: good. Got good a new dude. name now. Yep. He's a really good dude. He's great people. I love him. Yeah. But how does he get booked and I can't?
0: No, I hear you. Silly. I, hear you. I, I, I would. I would love to see you and Ortiz again. I'd love to see you and Damon again. Yeah, um, I think that'd be fun. You know, I. I. I, I just. I don't want to keep. You know, keep going back over this, but like I remember seeing a match. Uh, I didn't see it in person. I saw it on tape. It was you and Slick against uh, the Archangels there for the tag titles i think it was the cwa tag titles yeah yeah. was yep. like 1, 100 people in the in the high school gym there yep what, what, what were you guys calling at that time i can't think of the, the name you and do oh. you and slick what was your team the name? 2k club 2k club that's right that was an excellent feud yeah, and that yeah, match yeah. that match was awesome Thank oh, you. It was a fantastic freaking match. Bro, now best were take- guys that we
1: went to school with, man. Yeah. Because you you didn't have to call nothing. We were so used to working with each other, and you weren't afraid to lay it in and punch a dude right between the eyeballs. Walter <laughs> wanted to see that. Like Walter got off on that shit. When he seen us stiffen the fuck out of each other, he was yeah, like, yeah, lay it in. Boom. Hello, <laughs> he loved it. <laughs> That's, that's awesome. why I still hear in my voice. Like I'll hear in the back of my head if I'm wrestling. God damn it! Get him! Get him! Like, and, like I just hear this because it's in my brain. Like that's what made me the like like, that's what probably rubbed a lot of the guys, early guys, at, uh, and I'll keep on, like, I know I'm going over, but this is good stuff right here. That's NWA awesome. on fire, will end it at this. A lot of the young men guys that are the over dudes today, that was my heyday. And I was at my worst meeting brain-wise when I came into a locker room of infectiousness, of If you looked like a Jay Marone and you didn't go to a regular real school, I just thought you was the shits. But if you was Mark Moman's friend, you got in with me. Some people wouldn't talk to me. The only dude that would really talk to me that was Mark Moman's friend and I would bring him down to Massachusetts was Eric Johnson. Eric, when he was first breaking in, was in such good shape. I used to call him a young Samoa Joe. Because he did yeah. that two fit gimmick.
0: Two fit Eric Atlas. Yeah. yeah. I remember when he started with that. Yeah. Yep. I loved him. I thought he,
1: I really thought Eric was one of the better younger wrestlers in the area. I really did. I thought that much yeah. of him. I used to call him Samoa Joe. Yeah. And then we had a falling out, said a few words about him, and then he still yeah. holds the heart, even though we're buddies. But you can tell he still holds him to heart because he had taken yeah. no. If there's a way he can throw me under the bus, oh, bro, he'll pick me up and throw me under all, all, all the tires and let and ask the bus driver to back up. him <laughs> to death, great guy, but he'll still it he will ha- he will still throw me under the he will throw me under that bus no matter what. And I admitted, and I said, hey, man. We say stupid things because I told him I didn't believe that he was worthy of being a professional wrestling trainer at the one time, and he took those words to heart, and even though I apologized to him and said, dude, I said the wrong thing, uh, please, I apologize, and he took, supposedly accepted my apology, I gave him bookings in Canada, I'm his friend. Buddy, he's one of the only guys that out of my wrestling friends that gave my daughter a personal message for her birthday. Like, I think he's a great dude, but... He'll take no exception for some reason to still, if it's something, take me and go rumble under the bus. (laughs) Hey, bus driver, back up. I don't think he's dead yet. (laughs) You know? Um, But I love him. So, Eric, if you're watching, I love you, man. I'm sorry, but that's the way I feel. (laughs) But honestly, those guys didn't like me because they thought I was an asshole. And even though to my face now they they were all cool and they'll accept my bookings or whatnot, they still still don't like me. But they'll accept my bookings and shake my hands at shows. I'm I'm not going to bring up any words. There's just young talent that was on that show from the state of Maine. They're still around. They'll say they like me, blah, blah, blah. But... It is what it is. I'm not yeah, in this yeah. business to be loved. I only care right. if my wife and my kids love me. And sometimes, you know, I they, uh, you know what I mean. They yeah. love to No, help I me. do.
0: <laughs> well, again, I appreciate you uh, taking the time tonight. We'll have to do this again. Yeah, no I'd problem. like to deeper in, uh, in some of your early days. Oh, buddy, my early yeah. days.
1: The, my my UFO. I, if you did, this is another thing. If you'd like to interview these two guys and ask them a little bit about it, ask them about the alien abduction ride, uh, nineteen ninety eight, going to Machias, Man to work for Tony Atlas, and we had a drive rural Route One, and we all oh. three cars, we jumped out, we got out of the cars at the same time, and we we're like, what the f- was that? Ask Bo Douglas, ask Mike King. That crap does not happen. We ended up not even knowing what was going on, and bang, all of a sudden, we're in this spot. Dude, it was the most freakiest thing out of one of my road trips that I ever had. It was my my first time ever coming up to Machias, Maine, at the uh, college for Tony
0: Atlas EWA. I remember that show. My buddy, uh, you wrestled my buddy, my best friend, uh, Jay. Apollo rustled this Kill Devil. Yes. And you rustled him at the first EWA TV taping at Bowdoin College. And Tony asked Jay what his name was. And he goes, oh, it's Jade Apollo. Tony's like, what? Jade Apollo. Oh, okay. So then they have the taping in November. Show airs in January. We're watching the match. Pops up on the screen, you know, Jade Apollo. J-A-D-E-A-P-O-L-L-O. Jade Apollo apollo and we and jade's like what the fuck what, what what happened what happened next lewiston show we're given the the state cable guy kind of like, like jokingly shit and it's just like well, how did you get my name wrong my name is jade apollo not jade apollo and he goes that's how tony spelt it and like 10 people just go oh okay
1: it's because tony
0: yeah but, yeah, no, you wrestled, uh, you wrestled my buddy there in his uh, first uh, TV match. A- okay. and And uh, you squashed him. Squashed okay. Okay. It was, great. Re- a- it was a fun match. But, yeah. buddy, if you need to just
1: interview Bo and yeah. interview Mike King and ask them, okay, okay and go, what's the deal? 1998. Real yeah. Route 1. Yeah. T- I got a flat tire in the car I was driving. Yep. And we couldn't get it. We had left so late that I couldn't get a spare. So we had to drive at a 45 mile an hour donut. So yeah. I legitimately went, no lie, from Peabody, Massachusetts, all the way up to Machias, Maine, oh, rural, Route 1 with a map book. Dude, back, we're
0: talking 20, we're talking I have a, a, no GPS. Yeah, I got a gazetteer in my vehicle still because I don't trust GPS all the time. Yeah. That same, that same drive, that same show in Machias, my buddy Jay and I were driving up for that show and the fucking hood on his car released and popped up on us while we were driving down the road, completely blocking the windshield (laughs) and it it dented the hood, dented the roof of the vehicle and cracked the windshield. Wow. Like we almost, so that same exact trip you're talking about, because that's the only time I went up to Machias for wrestling, yep. was that EWA show for Tony. So
1: yep. that
0: same trip, we almost bit it as well, heading up there. And we had to actually, you know, bend the hood back down, tie it, find, get some rope to tie the fucking hood down, and then I drive like I, 20 I miles an hour. This comes back to me, I remember more and more of it. Yeah. 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 20 miles an hour, cause the hood was shaking, and we're just going, woo! Yeah, It sucked. That Oh uh, uh, hell.
1: Those were great awesome. days. But yeah, man. Yeah, they were it was a uh, definitely when three cars pull over and we're all like,
0: What just was that? I'll have to i have to get I'll have to message Bo so I yeah. can talk to him.
1: Bo and Mike King. They'll all both
0: right. tell That's you. Awesome. They
1: will both tell you, they'll be like, What? Yes, it happened.
0: All right. I'll it happened.
1: Awesome. But, yeah, but, yeah, if people just tune into my show, Facebook Live, look for me, Jason Delegata slash Jason Rumble. I'm very yep. easy to find. I'm entertaining. You can't duplicate me. People have tried. Uh, and it just ain't going to work. And if I have been duplicated, uh, he's four and a half years old right now, so it's going to take an <laughs> awful long time for you people to get another Jason Rumble. Ha, 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 ha.